You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Your mother was a hamster, and your father smelt of elderberry! I am your father. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Sharp Angles. I'm one of your hosts, Rich, and I'm here with... Danae. And Jeanette. And we have finished our time on Isla or Isla Nubar, Sona, and we have moved on to another cinematic universe that's in its early, early days, the DC Cinematic Continuum. Sure. What they're calling it the DCCC. That sounds really cool. <laughs> some of them, some of them also, some people also call it the DCEU. Some people call it those DC movies that are trying to be a cinematic universe. I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about Man of Steel because uh, that is the first one in the. Uh, I'm going to call it DCCC because I like the DC Cinematic Continuum kind of thing. I think it's I think it's kind of cool. Okay. Um. So. Uh, so yeah. It's that Superman movie. That Superman movie that was made to make up for that other Superman movie. Which yes. was awful. Yes. Yeah. Superman Returns. Uh, yeah. The movie was I terrible. Mean, I still, I'm a Superman fan. Like, uh, start this podcast off by saying um, Superman is my favorite character in any comic universe, comic book, comic anything. Um, he's the dude. He will always be the dude for me. So he's pretty cool. And even though I went and saw it, saw Superman Returns twice in the theater um, on the same day, and yeah, me too. Tried to find redemption in there. I mean, I will admit, as a Superman fan, like something just went really wrong with mm-hmm. Superman Returns. But uh, yeah. but you know, so walking into the theater, um, talking about my theater experience with Man of Steel, I was real scared. I was like, uh, I don't know if anyone could do anything to try to like you know to uh to make up for this in fact i think the only thing that someone could do is maybe try to modernize a donner take on a superman movie and then let the dice roll and see where they land and then hope everyone likes it um which uh in my opinion is exactly what happened uh here um with man of steel and i came out of the theater going wow you know there's several things i've never seen on screen on a either a television show or um you know like straight to video or any of the Donner movies or of course Superman Returns that had any kind of level of depth of character to explain to people that don't know the comics like actually what Superman means to people that are fans of Superman and I think that they did a really good job in making sure that that at least that point um got across um, now whether or not the rest of the movie, um, congealed to be like, you know, the quintessential Superman film, I don't know. I think that's, that's still, there's still room for debate there. Um, but, uh, I mean, it was way better than Superman Returns. Well, that is. I'll give you that. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you that. So, um, so anyway, before I go on like some wild things, start talking about Superman for way too long. Um, I want to I want to check in with you guys to see uh, see what you see what you guys thought. So who who wants to kick it off first here? Okay, I'm I'm apparently up to bat. Um, <laughs> All right. Okay, I am going to state right here and now that if I watch this again, I might have a completely and totally different opinion if it was on a different day because I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, so that could very well be clouding my opinion. Sure, sure. And I will be the first person to admit that. Now, going into this, I, as Rich and Danae know, I was so not thrilled about it. In fact, I, I demanded uh, payment for watching it in the form of really, really, really good chicken vodka pizza. Yes. Um, and I still wasn't sure if that would be enough. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> 
And that pizza's spendy, folks. Oh, that, and it, it's so good. It's so extremely good. Um, as it turns out, and just yep. for the record, I appreciate the pizza very, hey, very much. No, no problem. No problem. But, but I did not have to make that demand in the end because it was, cool. it was interesting. It mm-hmm. was, um, you know, it kept my attention and everything. But, and again, this might be because I'm not feeling all that great, but, I was never really emotionally invested in the storyline or the characters. Okay. okay. And that is why one part of me wants to watch it, you know, a couple of weeks down the road to sure. see if I have a different opinion. Yeah, of course. Of course. All right. Well, um, okay. Well, we can definitely get into that mm-hmm. um, in, in a little bit. So, Danae, what, what about you? Well. I mean, this is like fourth, fifth, sixth, something viewing. Viewing. So. I mean. Let's start out with Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew I, that was exactly where you I were go going. From there, a you could not have picked a finer specimen to portray Superman than that man. Okay, um, and since since Danae is you know speaking for all womankind, I kind of feel right now um, I'm going to have to disagree. I, but continue, please. <laughs> he is absolutely unbelievably good looking, and that. You know, that cut sort of look that Superman's supposed to have, and he's all ripply and. (laughs) So that I should. Should we put like a rating on this particular podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Um, Is it getting hot in here or is it just today? But actually, in, in doing some reading about the film, they forgot at times that he was not Superman and they would like push him to the limit and he would be like some of the scenes where he's in the ocean and they're filming in like 20 degree water and stuff be like it's you know it's not a big deal he can handle it whatever you know and so at one point he was very nearly hypothermic because they he was blue when he came out of the water and they like they're like oh wait we forgot you know like because he was willing to push himself so far so in in that way that's stupid <laughs> but man um so i i think that they picked a fairly good person to play superman and i know everybody was up in arms when they first cast him cuz he's british and you know Truth, justice, and the American way is the Superman slogan, even though he's not technically American. Right. Um, Although, in in those people's defense, I mean, Superman comes out very strongly and says he's about as American as it gets because he, you know, was raised in in Kansas. Exactly. Although, I do think that people will get up in arms about whatever the heck they can just to get up in arms. So, and and that's valid. Yeah. Um, But. I just think he fills out a suit nicely. Um, and How about your thoughts on the actual movie today? <laughs> Wait, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, he is the the main character. Anyway, I think the movie is good. It's I think it's well heads and shoulders above Superman Returns. Um. And it's got a compelling plot. It is on the long side. I will say this: there are there are probably two and a half movies in there squished yeah, there's together. A, there's a lot of stuff in here. Or they could have just cut down on the fighting scenes a little bit. Like I understand big explosions. They and they were impressive from right. a from a cinematic, you know, camera shooting slash angle slash whatever perspective. It was all very very impressive, but. I did feel as if some of those scenes got dragged out longer than they should have been. And how right. many times do you have to have Titans battling one another to get the point across? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the other thing. You have, a, you know, Titans in the middle of Canvas, which were the only good part in the Thor movie when they're in the middle of Arizona and they're these, like, you know, and they're yeah, fighting true. these mo- yeah. monsters. Except and- there was less product placement in Thor. That's true. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it got a little intense. Yeah. 7-Eleven, baby. 7-Eleven, IHOP, Sears. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Sears, I think, was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> that was so bad. I mean, at least you got some Lex- LexCorp in there, though. Yeah. Like, all the trains had LexCorp logos. And I was oh, like, oh, really? Okay. I missed yeah, that. they do. Okay, that's yeah. a so, cool detail. little nods to what's to come in the future. Okay. So. I like that detail. <clears throat> there was some Budweiser at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think you don't have to 
you really don't have to work so hard to prove the point that these that these people from Krypton are titans. They they clearly are. They far surpass her humanity and their strength. And the General Zod and his minions, they are clearly strong without having to be part of Earth and deal with the radiation there. They, they're already titans, whereas Kal-El, being the scientist's son, isn't as titanic as these military folks. And you get the sense that he's the underdog in this. And and they really probably only needed one of those Gigundo fight scenes. And, yeah. and the amount of destruction in this movie is pretty profound. Um, and that I have a hard time with. Because the... That's a lot of taxpayer money. It is a lot of taxpayer <laughs> money. And, and it happened in the Avengers too. This This new sort of paradigm of cities being leveled by these catastrophic events. Like we've lived through these, you know, it's, it's epic people, many thousands of people lose their lives in situations like this. And, and it becomes the fodder for Batman's very deranged vendetta in Batman versus Superman that, you know, this, the battle of Metropolis becomes the fodder for Batman's sort of deranged vendetta. But and it makes sense seeing the seeing the destruction again. But it's so in many ways callously done, and I have a hard time with that. Well, and not just callously, but because, like you said, it was it was done in the first Avengers movie. It was done in the second Avengers movie. I'm almost feeling as if like it's getting boring to watch yeah. these cities get torn apart, and that's rather horrible and callous of me. But. But I feel as if at this point I'm inundated right. by these scenes and I'm going, ho hum, another one. Okay. Right. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, and maybe maybe it's like because we've already gone through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe and it just. But know, most people like, have. Right. I mean, those were really popular movies. Well, yeah. But at the time, the, the one upsmanship as far as like mm. Mar- Marvel and Warner Brothers go, the Avengers had just come out, I mm. think, by the time Man of Steel came out. Or if I'm not if I'm not if I'm not right, then Man of Steel came out right before the Avengers or something like that. So we hadn't gotten there yet in like 2013 when the movie came out or whatever. So, um, but I'm with you because even now, now watching it, you know, many years later, um, I feel the same way because it's just like, you know, if they were really making that many nods to like a, a Donner style Superman. And I know they wanted to modernize it. Okay, you have the one big fight scene where, like, the little podunk town gets leveled, but everyone's okay, and they all come out, and they're like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, like, the street is destroyed, and, like, all these things are on fire, but at least I'm alive. Mm-hmm. You know, to then go to Metropolis, where Metropolis literally has a crater in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, by the end of that fight, there is a, like, 20-square block radius where there is literally nothing yeah it is gone um like buildings have been gutted if they're even standing anymore at all and you know humans do not survive that you know like the like there is stuff that happens like you know that they're gone yeah um and you don't actually see any blood and gore and guts and stuff but at the same time you know that there were plenty of lives lost right and that kind of bugs me as a superman fan because you know, like, that's not what Superman's about. Like, Superman's about, like, you, you mess with Metropolis, maybe you have, like, one event where something explodes and you just, you can't deal with it because that's what it is. And, you, and it humanizes Superman because he, he can't be everywhere. You know, it's not like he can split himself in two and make two Superman and then run and do all the things he can do. Like, people are all going to die around him and he's accepted that fact, right? But <clears throat> when there's that much destruction... You know, in any other you know, in any other Superman story or a comic or something, it goes maybe like one and a half steps to the point where you're like, "Wow, something's really these things are really happening," and then you see Superman come like bolting out of wherever it is and just decimate whatever whatever it could be. Like it's weird that they they had this thing where Superman puts it like I, I mean maybe this is the point of the story, but Superman puts it on the humans to go save Metropolis while he goes to South America to go destroy the world engine. 
Right. And I know it's because he can get there faster than the plane can get there. And I get that because they're already in America. So <clears throat> logically speaking, it, it sort of makes sense. But it's like if they just written it uh, just a tad differently. Right. Where, you know, like, I don't know, they have like another team of people that can do something cool or I don't know, whatever, you know, some battle on the, the other side of the world that involves the humans while Superman goes and saves Metropolis, I think that would have maybe worked a little bit different. Well, and <clears throat> and at the very end, it's not even not saving Metropolis versus saving Metropolis. It's He is an active participant in destroying Metropolis. Right. You know, Zod doesn't give him a choice. I'm not saying that he he chose it or that's what he would have wanted. But he actively participates <clears throat> in it because he's trying to stop Zod. Right. Like, in... In any other sort of Superman story, would that have, would that, would he have picked that up and taken him so far away from the humans in the city that yeah. it would have been an, a non. Well, I mean, yeah. let's face it, the original Superman, which, you know, I grew up on and I know you guys did too, because, well, partially I know that about Danae because I watched them with her. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cheesy, they're campy, right. and they were absolutely amazing at the time. But yes, we as a, you know, movie watching society have progressed greatly since those days. And so therefore we're going to expect more. I get that. I'm fine with that. But I still feel as if there is a line. Right. And that line got pushed too far this time. I think I think you're right. Like, because, I mean, it's just out of character for all that stuff to happen. And you were absolutely right. Maybe what could have and should have happened was, you know, in one of those in one of those many encounters with Zod, you know, during the Metropolis battle, like they always go right back to Metropolis, right? Why don't they just take him out to a field somewhere, or like right. you know, Antarctica or something right. like that? Starts beating him up on snow mountains or right. whatever, you know. <clears throat> same you know, have, same impact visually, right? Have the same impact visually, but but without that unsettling, like mass destruction of a city. Yeah. So I mean. I, I think I think maybe um, you know talking about a little bit about their director. I think Zack Snyder really got into a point where he just he he was like a kid in a candy store, sure. and people gave him a lot of money and said, "All right, go make a Superman movie." And he got he took a look at the script and he's like, "You know what? It'll be really great. We just blew stuff up real good." <laughs> And he did. Like, they, there's no question of the amount of if you tally the damage of what happened in that Superman in in Man of Steel. If you take a look at any other superhero movie. I don't think there's enough. There's as much damage, with uh, maybe the exception of the Avengers. The Avengers. I think you know, in the Avengers. I mean, yeah, totally. And in the Avengers too. Like, okay, that small town in the in the sleepy valley of wherever it was, Sokovia. Sokovia, just it gets destroyed. Like, there is no town left at the mm. end of that. But, I mean, at least all the people got okay. Right. You know, and they, they made a point about that. And then in the Avengers, I mean, it's just they destroyed New York <laughs> a lot. Right. So, okay. So that, that happened. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's so weird. It's just so weird. But maybe I'm not remembering this correctly, or, or maybe they just didn't do the same wide-angle screenshots and everything. But yeah. I don't remember the end result of the Avengers in New York City being quite so... Enormous. No, I don't think so. I mean, a couple a couple buildings got like torn up. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe one or two of them fell over. Yeah, and then that was it. But there wasn't just like a giant crater in the middle <laughs> of New York, New York City, like desolation everywhere. And then they're just like, all right, that's cool. That's and, it. And the thing about it is, this is you know. You could make the argument that Zod's doing it to prove a point that he's going to pick the place that's going to have the most impact. That of course, he, you know you could say that, but at this, in the same breath, again, in in the traditional Superman paradigm, would he have let that happen? Like, you know, would I, Superman have let that happen? Superman have right. no, because what would have happened in any other major Superman story? And there's another thing that kind of bugs me is he would have like turned himself in. Right, mm-hmm. and then somehow the plot would have been he finds out what happens while he's up on the ship, right, and doesn't leave until the ship is in pieces, right, and then he goes and fights Zod because they'll leave, right. they'll be like, oh man, this guy's out of control, right, uh, I gotta get out of here, 
and then Zod and and his three people go down right to the to the thing, and then like they start all beating each other up, and then you get a big fight, and yeah, maybe some buildings get torn up, but it's all about like those three individuals Got it. getting taken down. But the world engine doesn't happen, you know. Right. Like it's there's the threat of it happening, and you can see like you know this this computer model will say that if this starts happening. The Earth isn't going to be here anymore. And then he goes, "Well, that's not happening." And then before he leaves, bang! Right. I mean, I think I think that the destruction was believable. Sure. But again, I'm not sold on the idea that it was necessary. Right. Yep. So that's that's my summary of that. And I think in terms of plots, when we're looking at it, that what you just described might have been a more cohesive story than right. what we got. Because we got on the ship, off the ship, in the ship, out of the ship. You know, it it just was, it's a lot of like back and forth. Yeah. A lot of Zod Vendetta. A lot of like. And little details getting lost along the way, I felt. Or, or skipped over. Yeah, glossed yeah. over. Yeah. Like and and I said this before. I know I was just complaining recently about a novel that I read where honestly the author spells everything out to a ridiculous degree. And as as a reader or as an audience member, I don't want to be treated like I'm stupid. Right. But at the same time, I felt as if this movie went in the opposite direction, where it assumed that its its readers or its watchers, sorry, were going to be able to put two and and you know I don't know the square root of pi together <laughs> and and i mean i made some logical assumptions and came to some you know i think i think accurate um conclusions on the matter but right. it was still more i still felt as if well you know guys you could have given a, a few more little hints here and there sure so that i because they they didn't even they didn't even come to they just glossed over certain details and and kept going, and I'm like, yeah, but I really would have liked an actual answer here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, which uh, which things were you looking for as far as like things to get answered? Um. Okay. So like when when Lois was selected to go on the ship. Okay. And again, I'm pretty darn sure that I'm correct when they when I assumed that they wanted to read her mind. Sure. Um. In order to figure out, you know, where where um. Superman came from. Sorry, guys. I'm blanking here. Um, where he grew up and everything. And so that makes sense. But but they never they never really say so. In fact, you know, Lois Lane says, oh, my word, they totally read my mind. And I'm going, you could have had a little scene. It would have taken maybe 60 seconds, two minutes top showing that. Exactly. Instead, yeah. it's just referenced as kind of a, an aside. And that irritated me a little bit. So... Um, hold on, just gonna, just a second. We're gonna pause. We'll be right back, and we're back. So, I guess <clears throat> anyway, I I kind of agree with you too with that that whole um, you know Lois with the you know, mind reading thing because it was just kind of like a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe they were thinking, well, you saw it happen to superman so it could have just been easily happening to lois at the same time yeah but it's just like it's weird because i mean they didn't really even go over that well either because no. they were just like he just got an injection what is what it looked like and then right. it, then you we wind up finding out it wasn't an injection he just the other guy took his blood and then was going to analyze it but you know i guess maybe there was oh you know what maybe maybe the the zod thing where Superman has the the dream. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like the dream where yeah. he's involved in. I think that's the that's the that's mind, the mind reading. that's the mind reading thing. But I thought that was really confusing too. I agree with you. Yeah, it was it's, it was cool, but I couldn't quite make it make sense out of it. Yeah, it was like why is this happening? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and they didn't really explain like, hey, there are there are powers that kryptonians have that, mm-hmm. that aren't really addressed in a whole lot of media and were not even approached during the donner era because there wasn't enough technology mm-hmm. or in superman returns because well superman returns <laughs> so but um 
So it, was there anything else that like that you had that? And I told Danae this before. I honestly wish that I had taken notes because my memory is not working. But there were yeah. three different things where where I felt as if they could have spelled it out a little bit gotcha. better. Gotcha. Um, the one, the only one that I remember though is the whole you know brain reading thing. All right. So could we come to the same conclusion as we did for the? Um, Jurassic World script that these authors sort of left the reader or the reader, listen to me, uh, the the viewer to sort of write some of the script instead of the Andromedus Rex. Uh, I would say they're you're comparing apples to oranges here because okay. I feel as if with Jurassic World they were just lazy as anything. Okay. With this one, I think they might have been inside their own heads a bit too much. Yeah, they, they were trying so hard to make mm-hmm. sure that the comic book fans knew, yeah. hey, we know our stuff too, mm-hmm. and we know our stuff so well that we're not going to tell anyone else why we know it so well. Well, and they were taking their craft so seriously right. that they kind of, you know, missed out on a few things. Right. Well, and yeah. I, I think actually, too, this that's a good segue into um, talking about the DCU versus the MCU mm. because the DCU or DCCC is something that is clearly taking itself very seriously. Yes. The tone and everything about this movie. There's no, like... There might be a few la- like, you know, light moments, but not like laugh moments. Mm, you know, you, nah. like this is not where you're gonna have the snarky, you know, Robert Downey Jr. character coming around, you know, quip after quip. Mm-hmm. You know, to have like your your kind of lighthearted moments in the middle of this giant battle. This is very is very emotionally tied, emotionally charged. Like this this whole universe mm-hmm. um, and moving forward. I mean, that's like this, that sets the tone for the entire thing. So it's, well, I think every single DC movie with possibly the exception of the Spider-Man movies. Well, it's, have, it's Marvel. Marvel. Those, oh, those it's are, Marvel. you're totally right. Okay. So then, yeah, yeah I mean, most, uh, every single one that I've seen is dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about the Nolan trilogy, uh-huh. I mean, yeah. the only, the only actual movies that in the DC like franchise that had any kind of comedy at all were the original Donner films. Yeah. Superman one and two. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lex was a joke. Yeah, he was. He was like. It, he it, was a it, delightful joke. It, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it. You love to see him, and you love to hate him. Mm-hmm. But you know, but you almost loved him anyway. Oh, because, completely. Because he's just like you know, he's just a criminal trying to get his own in the world. You know, but that's not his character in the comics. His character in the comics is he's cutthroat. He is super smart. He's cunning, and he'll go for your throat at any moment. You know, like without question. He's just cruel like that, um, which is another interesting side note that we'll have, I guess, when we start talking about BVS later, um, because we got a different, like another level of different in in that particular character. But um, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Do you think that it's possible to sustain that? What the level long of time. Dark? Like, I mean, not just the level of dark, but the level of seriousness t- seriousness and tone. I think that's part of the reason that these movies don't make as much money as the Marvel mm-hmm. movies do. Yeah, I mean, because, because like... Because, because it's hard to enjoy something that dark. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to go back and watch it again. Right. Yeah, you no, know, you're right. Multiple viewings. I think that while they've taken a different tone intentionally, I don't necessarily know that that's the right move to make because the reality of the situation is they're leaving money on the table. Right. No, you're at, yeah, I, I think, I think you, you know, that's, that nails it like 100%. Well, and I mean, from my perspective and I will flat out say my favorite kind of movie is the, you know, Indiana Jones kind of ridiculous thriller sure. um, where there's yep. all that snarky humor. In gotcha. It. Yep. Um, but I still, I still watched, you know, the the first Nolan Batman movie, and by the second one, I had had enough, and yeah. I refused to ever watch those movies again. I never yeah. saw the third one whatsoever. I was Me like, either. I'm done. I I can't take that level of darkness. Yeah, yeah. you know, well, life is all right. Life can already be miserable enough by itself. I really don't need to sit down and watch it for entertainment too. Right. Well, and especially given how deeply disturbing Heath Ledger's yes. Joker was, and yeah. and you know deeply disturbing on so many levels and then ultimately was his undoing mm. you know it it just becomes unsettling as a viewer and, and that's not why we go to the movies right no, no. No. you know and so i think i think that 
there's only so much this character bathed in righteousness and goodness and love love and you know can can lighten a movie before the darkness just sort of to use a destiny phrase consumes you you know yeah exactly i mean it's it's it'll be interesting to see how far and where they're going with this um but i think you know, especially after we have the conversation about BVS, because it's like one of those things that like hinges upon. I, I could talk about that movie too, um, like the future of the DCCC in, in general. Um, I think it it's going to speak to a lot of people. Maybe what happens with with uh, Zack Snyder and his you know and and his directing team. Now, currently, he's contracted for one more film, which is the Justice League Part One. Um, I mean, I don't know, like, if something happens between now and then to change that. But I think there's going to be some people, and we can talk about it more when we see it. I think there's going to be some, like, some really interesting conversations to have about what happens with Warner and whether or not they try to force that change um, on this universe. And they'll be like, yo, you have to, like, lighten up a little bit before people are just going to simply just walk away. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and he and, loves a flashback, though, that Zack Snyder. <laughs> And he the really dream does. sequence, man. He really, really does. Loves both of those yes. things, man. Yep. And, uh, and like, unsettling, disturbing kinds of things. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, it's the, the guy that brought you 300 and, like, all sorts of other crazy oh, nonsense. Really? Yeah. Oh. That's that guy. You know, he knows how to put a cinematography team together and put something on screen that looks mm-hmm. amazingly oh, yeah. beautiful. I will give you that. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to destruction, like... You've, I've never seen a level of destruction in a movie for that long look that good. And that really. He's a master. It's great. But, I mean, you, you, you bring him in. I'd say you bring him in on a consultant, as a consultant for your I need stuff to blow up real good. And then you put him in a box somewhere for the rest of the movie. And you just go, all right, well, thanks, Zach. We'll see you later. And then you get somebody else to actually start directing, like, a film, like a driving story. Because I think. You're right. You know, like it, they're getting in their own heads. There, mm-hmm. it's it, it. It seems it seems a little muddled, mm-hmm. um, but from a fan's perspective, from especially a Superman fan's perspective, I amazingly appreciate the fact that they actually went all of those places emotionally with Superman's character in this movie because it sets the tone for what Superman really means to fans of Superman. You know, that he is, like, that that guy that just, you know, he comes from another world, he's just trying to fit in, and as much as as much as much he wants to help, like, understands that there's a limit to what he needs to do for, for his powers, and then when he does show them, he understands that there could very well be unintended consequences, and, you know, like, it, it confuses him, because he, he's like, I'm just trying to do a good job, I don't understand why people are all mad at me now. You know, and and it goes further later. So, you know, <clears throat> I appreciate that they set that tone because if without Man of Steel, I think you walk into BVS and watch it and go, I have no idea why this Superman character even exists. Right. Well, and I will say that this movie actually made me want to watch BVS. Mm. So I'm I'm no. rather looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and it wasn't terrible. No, I mean, BVS no. wasn't terrible. Oh, okay. Um, no, no. Uh, not at all. Um, but it is more of that same tone. In fact, and I, I'm not expecting anything different. Right. <laughs> In fact, I think well, Ben Affleck's Batman. I mean, Bat Batfleck is he's a real deal. Grim. He is, he's grim. He is grim. He is grim. He's he, a grim dude. He doesn't have a positive outlook on life. <laughs> Let's just say that. Does Batman ever though? I mean, no, he doesn't. Yeah, but you know, like. All right, well, Adam so West did. Well, yeah. I mean, Adam West was also on drugs <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and cookies. <laughs> so doesn't sound like such a bad combination. <laughs> <laughs> totally kidding. Just for the record, cookies though. Yeah, are the cookies acceptable. pretty much sold it for me. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. So I mean, and then you got Michael Keaton, who has oh, like dear. who had like the. You know, like he had he had the funny and the weirdly serious and then the 
batshit crazy. <laughs> and then like and you get all that in that one in in a Tim Burton movie, of course. And then you get him again and then he gets even weirder because you get like caricatures of people and you're like Danny DeVito, he kinda looks like a penguin. <laughs> let's make him Oswald Comerfot. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Michelle Pfeiffer, she looks like a cat. I'm like, okay, great. Knock yourselves out, guys. And then, you know, and then you get Joel Schumacher, and he's like, I want to be a mini Michael Bay. And then everyone said no. But he got to do it twice anyway. Because <laughs> then there was Batman and Robin and cool. Batman Forever. And George Bulls. Clooney was in was Batman and Batman and Robin, right? Yeah, and Val Kilmer was Batman Forever. Oh, gosh. And then people forgot about Batman who, for a very long time. Who, who remembered that Val Kilmer was I Batman? I totally did not. Wow. I, I did. Wow. I remember. <laughs> do you want to remember? No. no, I don't remember any of those. You know, and then, and it, of course, you know, like, then you're like, you know, how can you possibly change Batman for the good and actually make people want to go see your movies? And very cerebrally, Christopher Nolan thought of the answer, and that's why we got the Nolan trilogy. Mm. Because they're like, well, you know, that you want to see the real Batman, the Batman from the pages of De- Detective Comics? Here's Batman. And, you know, and then you get that. Which is fine, and it's great as like a one shot, but don't make because right. I think what happened was you know you, you get <clears throat> Zack Snyder, he watched the Nolan trilogy and went, those movies made a lot of money. Yes, they did. You know what we need to do? We needed to keep the tone same. You know, Marvel's for the babies, DC's for the for the grown ups. Let's go grown up and let's do this. And then you know now we're like, you know, the first movie is like, all right, yeah, it's a good Superman movie, but man, that was really kind of dark. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the movie, we didn't even talk about this. I mean, at the end of the movie, Superman straight up kills somebody. He doesn't do that. Like, he just straight up murders Zod. Yeah, that wasn't murder. That was self-defense. I know, I know. (laughs) And and I I went to the same exact place Mm -hmm. the very first time I saw it. I was like, I mean, you you feel for Superman because he had to do it. He had no choice. And I'm like, there's totally comic reasons why that doesn't make any sense. Because he always figured out a way not to kill some dude. And in fact, the only one thing or monster or anything in the comic books that he actually straight up attempts to murder is doomsday because it's literally down to i'm about to die so if i don't do something that stops this guy i'm gonna die trying and then the world's gonna end well and you could kind of see that struggle on superman's face like right right like okay they tried to play the same card yeah exactly and obviously you know the the Family was in mortal peril and everything, right. mm-hmm. but it almost it almost was like Superman came to a decision. Like he's like, okay, maybe I could maybe I could do something different, but no, nope, I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, and yeah. then he just did. Well, and as Zod states uh, five minutes before that happens, there's only one way for this to end: <laughs> <laughs> I kill you or you kill me. Which and I That's just looked at and I went, "That's actually two ways." <laughs> Yeah, that is two ways. <laughs> there are two ways for this to end. Aliens are not very smart, apparently. Thanks, Michael Shannon. I mean, this is coming from the actor who says that he portrayed a jellyfish or something in Batman for Superman. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. It's like, all right, so they're filming, they're filming Batman for Superman, right? And then Michael Shannon says something in an interview because he is not a part of any of the trailers or any of that stuff. Not yet, anyway, at this, at this time. And then he says something to an interviewer that indicates that he said lines for Batman vs. Superman. And then, like, the, the interviewer Internet like, explodes. What? Sods in this movie? What? And then he's like, no, 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 no. I didn't mean that. I just meant that, you know, they brought me in and uh, they dressed me up like a jellyfish. <laughs> And I said like Bumblebee Tuna or something. Just, just don't don't worry about it. Very bad cover, by the way. Was he on drugs? He might and have cookies. Been. Yes. Maybe he saw Adam West to hang out. And they, and then, they had like, a tea party with drugs and cookies. They did. They did. And it was, it was, and the Mad Hatter. Yes. It was good for all of them except for us. Because we just went, what? And then we saw the trailer where you see um Spoilers for for you. Oh no, I've seen the trailer. Okay, yeah, you see like them unzipping the body bag, Mm -hmm. and it's Zod in the body bag. I don't remember that. Yeah, so like it's in the trailer. Mm -hmm. Like they unzip the you know they unzip the body bag and it's Zod's body and they're like 
why is Zod's body on screen? That's weird. Uh, I guess he's essential to the plot, which he winds up becoming essential to the plot, but we'll talk about that later. So, and why I'm not so happy about that. Jellyfish. And, yes, and jellyfish. <laughs> um, we'll talk about jellyfish, too. But This is not say publicly tuna, however. No. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we could talk about, like, shift gears here, and then, like, talk about, like, you know, like, you know, base score for people, yeah. and then, you know, like, I'll say my words about, like, you know, trombones and trumpets and musics and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, and that kind of thing. So you might have uh, to do that while I take a quick restroom break. All right. Babies are hugging my bladder. Yeah. All right. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. But um, so I don't know, like this is coming from a Superman fan. So this might like color like all the things um, as as dark and as crazy and as many questions as I have about Man of Steel. I could sit down and watch that movie just about any day of the week and mm. and and enjoy it you know, enjoy the experience. Um, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I'm a lifelong Superman fan. So like, that's, that's that. Um, but you know, in, in the end, as far as like actual, like, you know, if I was thinking about this critically, um, I'd, I'd come in at like a four out of five on this one, okay. you know, like it's not like the greatest thing ever, you know, it, and, and I wish that it was because like, I really want to give this, I really want this to be the five because it's like, Oh my god, it's Superman on screen. He's so awesome. But you know, um, but I do enjoy it a lot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna end it. I'm gonna end it at the four here. So um, what about what about you guys? Where are you guys? Okay, apparently, I'm once again up next. Um, okay. okay, and I'm just gonna restate. You know, this might be because I'm under the weather, but I would give it a three point three point five. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm more in the line with Rich, but I can't figure out whether that's because of Henry Cavill or not. <laughs> you can't figure that out today. <laughs> Gets a four. Okay. okay. <laughs> so what does that average do? Is that the four of the six? Yeah, four <laughs> of the six. <laughs> and the chin to and, and, and the blue eyes. Four, four, uh, four, four, uh, four abs out of five. Or four guns. Four guns. All right, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So in, in that regard, it would be lower than 3.5. But sure. I, I don't get it. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. He is like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't do it for me. When he's running out of the water and he doesn't have any clothes on. And you're like, <laughs> Again, I'm kind of feeling we should put a rating on this. <laughs> it's like, it is, oh. small children, stop listening now. Yes. So attractive. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I, I will not be fighting you for him anytime soon. I think half the planet would. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. So all right, I'm, cool. I'm going to have to ask both my sisters when. Uh, oh man! When I see them next, I have yeah. gotten confirmation that he's yummy. From who? Uh, Stacy and uh, Stephanie. Okay, I feel as if we need to take a worldwide poll now. Yeah, I really do. All right. Well, what's, yeah. what, what's your thoughts on Henry Cavill? Yeah. So Sharp, please write in. Bengals BIC <laughs> on Twitter is uh, is Henry Cavill hot? I mean, the world wants to know. <laughs> or at least we do. Uh, yes. Rich really cares about that. Very invested. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Especially since your wife is so invested. Yes, yes. Yes, indeed. So, so anyway, um, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know, like like a couple quick points about stuff. Um, what was that? Hans Zimmer was the guy who did the score for... Yeah. Uh, for Man of Steel and BBS um, and and maybe other things. So we'll, we'll get to that later and the fallout of crazy things that happened after BBS came out. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's this is another example of maybe not necessarily world building and, and atmosphere building. Well, no, maybe some atmosphere building because there were some cool tense moments in the score. But I really think that as far as that goes, um, <clears throat> there is a sense of character. Like there is a constant theme. You hear, you see Superman. You hear a specific, you know, like three note tune. You see Zod. You see, you hear another one. It's very minimalistic the score, but I think it's effective. I think it's like I think it's cool because it's one of those things that it's not overstated. You don't get the, um, you know, the anthem of the superhero. You know, you don't get that John Williams bombast. Um, 
but I think it fits because of the tone that they're creating, like the 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 world that they're they've created here, and that kind of like serious pseudo realistic stuff that's happening in the DCCC. Um, it it fits, and um, I think that you know hopefully um, things work out, and we get we kind of get if they continue with this theme that we that we get that that kind of uh, that kind of effort and um, and stuff again. So um, I look forward to hopefully hearing more out of the you know, the Zimmer team and, you know, that kind of thing. And if they pass the torch, then then great. But I hope that they uh, keep those themes, you know, because they're now all already established um, because you hear a lot of that stuff come back in BVS um, whenever you see Superman on screen and then you get another, you know, bit of building for a Batman character and, like, in a Batman theme when you see see him on screen, like, that kind of, th- that kind of thing. So... Um, and, and man, some really, oh man, I can't wait till we watch that because there's some seriously cool things. Now that you've seen Man of Steel, um, there's some seriously cool things that happened at the very beginning of Batman vs Superman that, um, that give you like another twist on the things that are happening as the, the, uh, the Zod Metropolis battle is going on. Um, and it becomes the, un- the underpinnings for the entire story of BBS, but, um, I think it's really cool. Um, what happens so i'm really looking forward to that but um well and again i'm looking forward to watching it so cool cool yeah so so i don't know i mean i guess uh you know i don't know it's pretty much pretty much wraps things up unless somebody else has any uh any other kind of like uh you know things that they they have or or want to bring bring up in discussion there is one quick thing that bothers me a little bit about this movie sure because in every other Superman universe that we, at any other iteration of the Superman universe, Clark Kent is clearly distinctly unknown as Superman. Yeah. And, and, yeah, in, in yeah. most of the comic universes, yes, absolutely. Most of the comic universes, certainly all of the Donner films. Yep. So it bothers me a little bit that... They find out who Superman is before they find out who Clark Kent is. Yeah. Right, yes. I I, I am bothered by that. I'm also yeah. a little bothered by the fact that Lois Lane is not brunette. Uh, and it's not it's not like, you know, a brunette versus redheaded thing. It's just she's always been brunette. So, yeah. uh, that kind of well, bothered me. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it, be, it bothered people. We can talk about that, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. too. There's a lot of different... Uh, gender slash race slash hair color swapping going on in this movie too. Mm. Um, for example, um, Jenny Olsen is not Jenny Olsen in the comics. He's he's, he's Jimmy, Jimmy Olsen, Olsen, who's oh. Superman's pal. Like Superman's oh. pal, Jimmy Olsen has his own comic series. Oh, now interesting. It's, it's like, like let's not even pay attention to that character at all, and it's Jenny Olsen. So and like and I don't think there isn't even any any interaction between her and Clark Kent. Nope. So I don't think they're going to become best friends or anything because that that of course would mean if you start being friendly on screen and it's Hollywood, then that means love triangle, right? So yeah, you can't do that because uh, Lois and Lois and Superman need to be together. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I thought although that was, Lois is a little bit annoying, yeah, I thought that mm. was a little weird. Um, also, even even weirder if they decide to bring TV stuff into the DCC. Um, You've got in Supergirl, you've uh-huh. got Jimmy Olsen, and Jimmy Olsen was like a like really scrawny white kid with red hair. He is not in Supergirl. And in Supergirl, he's like this buff, like he's ripped dude, African American, like you know, ready to go toe to toe with some monsters guy. Yeah, and it's like. So he's not insecure and whatever and looks up to Superman because he's all the things that Jimmy can't be. Like, I mean, you put a suit on him and he could probably be Steel later on. Yeah. Later on down the road. Mm. You know, not John and, you know, and then John Henry Irons. He's out the window. He should have you know? his own show. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, so New Paul. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, and, and then, of course, you also have... Um, Perry White, who is Lawrence Finch- Fishburne, otherwise known as Morpheus, mm. otherwise known as not a fifty-year-old white guy. Yeah, um, I mean that is, doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother I, I don't me. Care. I don't, I don't yeah. care about it. And in fact, I love Lawrence Fish- Fishburne, and I think he played a great Perry White. Yes. Um, but it's just like it's kind of weird, like how Hollywood just just you know just decides, well, this is this now. 
Yeah. You know, these are the characters now. And, and it's like, okay, I'm all right with it. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, like we were talking about before off, off podcast about stuff that happened in the MCU, you know, with the Doctor Strange character and um, uh, not necessarily related to the MCU, but Scarlett Johansson getting cast as the main character from Ghost in the Shell and everyone freaking mm-hmm. out about stuff. I mean, I think it just happens. Yeah, I mean, to some degree, I do. When you're switching genders, that irritates me, but colors, whatever. Yeah. I don't care as much. But, Unless it was somehow important to the plot. Right, and then that changes right. things. Right. Yeah. Well, and they're even doing that in the comic book world, too. Because, like, the current Thor isn't Thor. Mm. It's, like, some girl. Okay, see, to me, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> also, also, they one of the MCU characters who was a woman is now... A Middle Eastern woman, they you know, like they changed. Yeah. And there's a black gay Spider Man. Um, yes, yeah. Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's the current Spider Man, actually. Peter Parker's around, but he's not Spider Man anymore, or something? Question mark. But anyway, but how does Miles in the MCU, him? he's back to being Peter Parker. So who like, and he's now 17. So okay, cool. whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> we'll just keep watching it. And we'll we'll figure out what happens in the fallout of that. Speaking Sounds of stuff, brilliant. speaking of that, um, I mean, BBS is the next movie, right? But the MCU is knocking on our door. Yes, it is. So what do we do? Although um, it's knocking on our door on Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. So, wow. So I don't know. You got to figure out what we're going to do about well, this. Well, we we can talk about it off yeah. air. And... We can talk about that off air, but I mean, like you, you know, like I guess we'll just you know keep keep tuned to baconicecream.com or sharpangles.baconicecream.com or sharpangles.bic on the Twitter or any of those other things that I do on my normal my normal end of show cleanup because I mean We'll it, make it work somehow. Yeah, it might be v- BBS. It might be Civil War. It might be none of those things. Who knows? It might be Denise having a baby. It <laughs> might be that we're taking a break for a couple of weeks because, yes, mm-hmm. we're having a baby. So. Slackers. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, any any one of those things could happen or all of those things could happen at the same time. Um You'll podcasting get- from the hospital. <laughs> yes, there you go. Nobody Good. wants that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, podcast during delivery is probably going to be a bad idea. <laughs> might not that will that. definitely have to have a rating on it. Yes, 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 it will. So, anyway, um, I mean, who knows what happens, uh, guys? Yeah, so, you know, hit us up, though, on baconicecream.com, fill out that contact form or something, and send us a note. Send us an email to sharpangles at baconicecream.com. Tell us how you feel about Henry Cavill. Yes. Tenor, yes. Yummy. <laughs> All right. Yummy or not, who knows? Yummy or eh. I think those <laughs> are the two opinions eh. here. All right. Well, there you go. Figure it out. Send me stuff. I'll look at it and then figure out what I'm going to do with all those emails. <laughs> and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it or not next time um, on Sharp Angles. So uh, for, for, uh, for now... Um, I'm Rich. I'm Janae. And I'm Jeanette. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy, guys. Bye, guys.